Welcome to a Christian and a Buddhist walk into a bar. My name is Jamal, and man, it's a miracle I'm a Buddhist. I'm Jacob, and it is 100% a miracle I'm a Christian. Yeah, I feel like that hits better for you than for me. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Is there some divine being miracling you into a Buddhist, Jamal? Oh, I mean, uh, my past life, Do you need I a guess. divine being to have miracles? We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> stop, stop spoiling the podcast. The people don't know yet. Yeah, <laughs> Too long didn't read. Today, Jamal and Jacob talk about miracles. Correct. And uh, why don't we just launch straight into it? We have a, um, a one of our classic, classic ramble episodes. I, th- I feel like it's been a while since we've done a ramble. Yeah, I think we've done a couple of divine musics between yeah. rambles, which yeah. just shouldn't happen. Mm. Yeah. But it's, it's a miracle that we're, that we're doing a ramble. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, all right, very good. All right, so we are doing a ramble today, and Jacob has a question for me, don't you? Yeah, I certainly do. Do Buddhists believe in miracles? There you go. It's a simple question. The right. podcast is going to be over yeah. in five minutes. Um, yeah. Maybe. 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 Excellent. Yes, yes. Yep. yeah. And look, I think, I think the, the court... This- this question, by the way, comes from my wife, Kate, who was asking me the other night, we, we were talking about like some of Jesus's miracles and the yeah. way that we kind of understand what may or may not have happened there. And she goes, what do Buddhists think about miracles? Like, I have no idea. No idea. And sorry, and you do see your wife, Kate, because she's definitely not a listener of the podcast. <laughs> so we <laughs> she, can't she say did, a listener. She, she did check. She's like, you haven't talked about this on the podcast, have you? You're going to tell me I should listen to some episode, but... I'll tell her to listen to this episode. Right, exactly. Well, Kate, this is for you. Uh, we'll finally get you to listen to the podcast, Do Buddhists Have Miracles? Um, so, look, I, I think this question comes down to the kind of distinction that we often talk about here between, like, the kind of pure theology and the kind of the um, the the cultural or kind of, um, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of the the structures of, say, the Buddhist pantheon or the, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the the heaven and hell realms. I forgot, I forgot the word for it. What do you call it when it's like the, the all of the various layers of a religion other than just like the core teaching? Like the theology, the practices? Yeah, the, I don't know. I'm, there's a word I'm missing. Anyway, we can move on with our lives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Doctrines. Th- there we hey. go. Hey, doctrines. Uh, so yeah, so the, the, the difference between the kind of theology and the doctrines, right? And Sure. So in pure Buddhist theology as taught by the Buddha, like what is the world and what is the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Noble Path, there's not really anything as miracles, right? Like the, the world is kind of a little nihilistic. It's not particularly like it's Mechanical, not, you could say, or like it's yeah. just kind of doing its thing or... Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't pretend to... I wouldn't inherently say mechanical, but I would probably say like, you know, um, in, in its... its it's absent of any uh, purpose. Yeah. Right. So like it, it, it's it's not purposeful, and so it's it's the world is just being the world, and you know there are causes of things, there are conditions of things that you know cause and effect is a massive deal in Buddhism, and you kind of just end up with, uh, you know, the the truth of the Buddhist teachings being like, well, find out what that world is, observe that world, and then. You, know, you can observe the things that are causing you to feel the way you feel, and then you can actually rid yourself of those of those negative feelings, and you can you know uh, exist in a kind of state of you know yeah, bliss and enlightenment because you are no longer whim to the to the winds of the world in the same way that you might have been before. Right. So it's a kind of like it's a law approach in the sense that you might use it in physics, right? Like right. 
that there there is cause and effect and if you observe everything you can observe the causes and effects and yeah. it's all pretty clear how things are working right and like in yep. that in that world there's no miracles because everything's kind of just happening right like there's no like there's, by definition a miracle is something that you can't explain right. just through physics yeah and, yeah. and th- there's no volition to it right yep. i think a miracle probably requires some kind of volition it requires an actor acting onto something so you know uh yeah you can't just go oh well you know i you know, survived my car crash and that was a miracle. It's like, well, no, you survived your car crash because of all the conditions that led to the car crash. It turns crash. out there's a million to one chance that you could survive a crash like yeah. that and you must be the one in a million. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and and almost in the core teachings, attributing any of that to like a miracle um, is almost playing into the very things that cause you suffering. <laughs> it's, it's almost anti-teaching, right? Where it's like, well, like, you know. You, it's like the, the world should not be enchanted. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, in that kind of pure kind of very Theravada forest monastery kind of approach, nah, not really, not really. But, you know, again, as we as we know through this podcast, religion is culture. Right? Religion mm-hmm. is uh, doctrine. Religion is all these different things. It isn't just the kind of the core fundamental teachings. And in that version of Buddhism... Kind of there is no pure religion, as it were. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and in if you take that on with Buddhism, then... Miracles start to start to play into things, right? Because you know, um, you know, it's. I think that Buddhists use miracles as kind of a way of just explaining the unexplainable, or you know, you know, explaining things that are impacting on other things in ways that you can't explain through worldly ways. So, one of the clearest mm-hmm. like examples of Buddhist miracles you often see is around whether or not Buddhist chanting has magical properties. Mm-hmm. Right. So Buddhists have a lot of chanting. They have a lot of like, you know, very kind of Gregorian chant style, um, you know, kind of phrases they do and that kind of thing. And monks do a lot of blessings and chantings. And, you know, if you if you go to a monk and you if you, know, if you ever go to the monasteries and you'll see you, you donate food and they chant and give you a blessing over that food as a thanks for the I, food. I think in um, Japan, there's you can like just it's enough to spin the thing that has the chant on right. it. Right, yeah, exactly. And right. AI could chant for you conceivably. Exactly, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And, and there's a kind of a concept there that those words have some magical properties. That the mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think I spoke previously um, in another podcast about the vibes of the thing, where it's yeah. like, yeah, the, 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 the vibrations, the kalamas that are happening in the world because those specific words say something, then it does something to the world and it, yep. it it's impacting on the world in some esoteric way. I, th- I think you've talked about this like, quite a while ago that that idea that yeah it is changing something right it's affecting like the, the my crude way of putting it is like the atoms are hearing that mm. uh, and they're responding in whatever way which kind of fits the cause and effect thing right like is right. you've found something that you can use to change other things absolutely right. how the theory goes anyway yeah yeah and and so a lot of times um you know buddhists monks will do chanting or, you know, to, you know, will go and chant for a person who's dying and suddenly they'll not die and suddenly yep. they'll get healed, you know, and like, and that's often spoken about and kind of treated in Buddhist circles as, a, you know, a miracle that like, oh, well, actually the chanting is magic. The chanting has done that. That person didn't die because the monk went and chanted for them. And mm-hmm. you know, suddenly there you go. And suddenly you want to go get monks to chant for you every time you're feeling unwell. Um, you know, and, and yeah, and I think there is a there is a real place in the Buddhist doctrine and in the Buddhist culture for that kind of miracle making, that kind of miracle doing. You know, there are again the more you get into the Mahayana teachings, the more you get into 
stories of actual miracles that kind of approximate Christian stories of miracles. So, you know, mm-hmm. the Buddha, um, you know, floating in the air uh, and flying places, uh, yep. you know, or, you know, the... As a Theravadan Buddhist, do you, do you buy that? Again, I, I buy them as descriptors of certain things. So actually, it's interesting, right? There's In Theravada, there actually is a fair kind of interesting... There is actually a fair discussion about superpowers and mm-hmm. monks with superpowers. Oh, monks with superpowers. Monks yeah, with, well, well I, I mean, that makes sense because it's not just the Buddha, right? Like, right, that's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. an alignment thing. And it's like, so, you know, they, they talk about monks who can read minds or monks who can fly or monks who can, you know... Uh, shoot laser beams out of their eyes or so things like that, right? And it's like I've watched too much Marvel. <laughs> but and like and I think again, I think I think what's going on here is I think that these are heuristics that monastics are using to describe things that are actually natural phenomena, but are just easier described as supernatural, right? So if you talk about a monk who can read minds mm-hmm. I mean, again, I don't fully believe that even an enlightened monk can sit there and just completely hear your thoughts in their own head. But I think an enlightened monk is very, very attuned to human behavior and yep. very, very attuned to subtle movements of on your face or your body. And in the same way that like a mentalist would be super able to just pick things up, I think enlightenment can do a similar thing for you. It's a, it's a your powers of observation go tenfold, right? Yep. So. I reckon an enlightened monk could have a look at you and go, I reckon you're thinking about this and make a pretty decent guess about what you're thinking about because they're very, 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 very good at reading people. Kind of like an algorithm right. in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah and the flying? The flying, well, I mean, again, the flying I think is actually descriptive of certain meditation practices. So Yeah, okay, so it's, it's like cer- a metaphorical. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've certainly had meditations where I have felt like I have been flying. Yep. Like it, it, it's absolutely... In certain types of meditation, you can get into a state where you lose your sense of weightedness to the world and you feel like you're flying. And that, that makes sense. And, and, and in a relativistic it. framework, like you might as well be fly- flying. My eyes are closed. I don't know what else is going on in the world. Oh, and I mean, we're moving at the moment at however many right. thousand yeah, yeah. kilometers an hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it kind of, kind of does that purpose where the monks are describing things in ways that I think just, again, are just easier to make sense of and easier to to kind of, that, that it's it's almost sometimes easier to call something a miracle than to explain how your mind, when it enters a certain level of relaxation in a certain, you know, with a mm-hmm. certain kind of stimulus will actually perceive itself to be flying. Yeah. Right, yeah. Does that does that kind of get it, get at the question? Yeah, I think it kind of does. So, like, would would you say that, things that might be called miraculous happen then like you're saying that there's a prayer and then there's a healing and like would Jamal say there's a causal link between the two or just some people believe there is or there are there are some secrets that could be unlocked um i mean like i think the causal link can be very psychological, right? Like, so we we know from mm-hmm. from Western science that pl- like placebos placebo work, effect. right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, and placebos work, but also placebos. Well, and this is so many layers. This placebos work, full stop. 
placebos work the more you believe they work. Mm -hmm. Placebos still work even if you know that they're placebos, and placebos work better the more you associate the administering of the placebo with a level of seriousness. So a needle placebo works better than a pill placebo. Yep even if you know it's a placebo, right? There's all this. The mind is insane. It right? is. Like the, the, yeah, the, it's the, crazy. The mind makes so many of these kind of assumptions and whatever else. And like you think about like people who get sick a lot or like, you know, and like, you know, I, again, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not at all saying it's all in the mind, right? I'm not at all saying, oh, well, if you're unwell, you should just think better and then you're going to be healthy because that's absolute BS. Um, but what I am saying is that the mind can do a bunch of stuff that we kind of attribute to lots of other things. So, I mean, I think if there's someone who's dying in hospital in a coma and a Buddhist monk comes to chant for them and they've been a Buddhist their whole life, mm -hmm. some part of their brain is picking up on... Assuming they've got enough kind of brain activity to, to pick something up. Right, yeah. It kind of goes, oh, they're doing the thing. This yeah. will work. There, 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 yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. there's a Buddhist monk here. I, like the, I think a Buddhist monk is magic and can chant and help me, you know recover and so yeah like there's something going on yep. even in their deepest possible reaches of the subconscious that that does that so yeah which kind of connects with some of the studies that have been done on prayer and this kind mm. of thing right like which have found that across your religious tradition like prayer has positive effects for things like anxiety and mm. peacefulness and just sense of all being right with the world whether you're islamic or christian or jewish or, or whatever yeah i, I i'm, I'm going to make the wild assumption that you do believe in miracles yes and probably more than i did like 10 or 15 years ago mm. like I, I kind of i kind of believe in miracles to my own surprise okay i can put it that way yeah, yeah. You're, you're skeptical about miracles but you're often proven wrong I wouldn't say often, and that's and that's probably like I th I think there's a there's a value in being skeptical about miracles, but there's probably also a value in not being too skeptical about miracles, and that's it's the latter one that I've been learning, I reckon. So, so what yeah. what is? I mean, talk me through that. Like, what is the relative value of each of those? Well, so I th I think for me the the way that Christian faith works. Um, and the way that if you know if if we assume that it is God who is working the miracles, because I mean that's what I would say, and I'm the one talking at the moment, so I get to assume that. <laughs> um, but if if God is working the miracles, like God is not just cause and effect mm. in the way that you were describing. So, like there's there's value in being skeptical of miracles, I think, because of just our human tendency to attribute to to misattribute things right um and to think that something has happened because of something else uh, in a, a similar way to what you were describing earlier of if you know if someone has prayed for someone else and that someone else gets better it's not necessarily that the prayer has magically worked um and you know i, I know of one case where there were people someone had died and um, Christians were refusing to bury them because they were pretty sure that they were going to get like raised to life again and it didn't happen and hugely unhealthy to get caught up in mm. that and um, it gets exploited by a bunch of people and there's very little kind of scientific peer-reviewed data as to hey look we can in a controlled environment replicate miracles happening so th these are all the reasons why 10 15 year old 
10, 15 year ago, me was skeptical mm. about miraculous stuff. But the thing that's happened between now and then is I've just heard too many stories of like relatively unexplainable stuff happening from people who I trust who are otherwise rational, sensible people that I'm like, well, hey, if you're telling me that that's how it happened, I, I have to go with that. Mm. Um, so, but, on, sorry, sorry. Yeah. You're telling me you're a relativist? No, not at all. I'm saying I'm I'm, I'm telling you sorry. that I I, sort of had you. I trust people who I trust, right? <laughs> like, and, and yeah. I can't choose that. Hey, I'm going to trust what you're telling me about this one thing, and sure. and not on um, other things that have happened. And I, I've just I've heard too many stories of like things like somebody goes and gets a really bad prognosis, um, and then has a follow up a couple of weeks later, and whatever they'd seen is just not there while people were praying for that person and everything else, which is not to say that there's not some logical explanation to it, like the machine was faulty or the whatever. But, you know, the facts are that they had a really bad prognosis and people prayed and then they had a less bad one or, you know, quite a, quite a good one in that particular case, right? Yeah, so, well, I, uh, I guess to me the question I ask there is always like, you know, there are so many factors in the world. Totally. Right? Like, 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 there is never just one thing that impacts on any other thing, right? Every every single thing that you see in the world is impacted by almost by every other thing that's going on in the world, yep. right? So I, I guess I I struggle there with that sense of like I, I can appreciate that's a you know m- miraculous is a good word to use for that for what happened there, but like I struggle to make the link that the 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 thing that impacted that the most is people praying like there are so mm-hmm. many other possible things that could impact it and so many things we're completely unaware of that like totally. and so i don't know i feel like you know i, I actually i'm interested it, it becomes a question then of like well how does god work right like, right yeah and and what does god work through or not work through and and if the basic definition of a miracle is something that kind of breaks the laws of cause and effect in inverted commas sure. then like yeah can i ask yeah, yeah. when did you start hearing these stories more frequently oh over the last 10 15 years right yeah D- it, does that track at all with any of your greater engagement with christianity or becoming uh, a pastor or any of that only like only in the sense that over that time i've just like been like over my lifetime i've been progressively more engaged in christianity because right, well, I, 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 yeah, I, yeah. I would potentially argue you're hearing those stories more because you're in circles that tell those stories more yeah it, like, quite like, possibly like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't think it's like those things weren't happening and then suddenly it, no you're no, just 100%. more aware of them absolutely now. and and also more open to the possibility right, right? yeah yeah um, and and part of the becoming open to the possibility was hearing those stories more. I'm, I'm not suggesting that the rate of miracles has gone up in the last <laughs> yeah, 10 yeah. or 15 years. Yeah, I'm well, saying I, I was kind of – stuff that I would have dismissed out of hand, sure. I wouldn't dismiss out of hand now. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's fair. Look, I think if you want to say that you know God works in lots of different ways and that you know the miraculous thing of that person being healed – is God working through all sorts of means? That's totally fine. I it just yeah. It seems a long bow to draw to associate people praying for that person with that healing, when God could be doing all sorts of number of other things for all sorts of number of other reasons. Well, and and the like the problem, and this is the kind of 
being cautious about miracles, I guess, is that sometimes people pray a hang of a lot for right. something or someone and it doesn't happen. Right. How many times have you have you known people to pray to win the lottery? You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, this is the classic scene in Bruce Almighty, right? Yeah, and then yeah. everybody wins the lottery and they all get 20 bucks. <laughs> and yeah, what yeah. was the use of that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Which is, the, this is, this is the thing of like, prayer is not cause and effect, right? So kind of God, God will work out what God wants to work out. Um, and it, it makes sense to chat with God about that mm. in my book. But the, the, this is a thing of expectations, right? Like on on the the way that I kind of understand miracles at the, at the moment, it makes perfect sense to me that you can't test them in a controlled environment mm. because sometimes God will decide to do one thing and other times God will decide to do another thing and kind of that's God's call to make and mm. not ours, which is why I'm also deeply, deeply skeptical of people who go around claiming that they are just miraculous healers, and mm. that's just the thing they do, especially when there's money involved and other stuff like that. Oh, so all, as, soon yeah. as soon as you bring money Correct. into things, so just like, yes, J Jacob, I, I guarantee if you give me $10,000, I will absolutely heal you of your boldness. It's totally fine. <laughs> Well played. So for the, if, if those of us who are only listening, those of you who are only listening and haven't seen us in person, Jamal is follically challenged and I'm doing okay. You're doing all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, it works for me, see? <laughs> look at what God did for my hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a tangential question. Yeah, sure. Do you believe in ghosts? Um, not really. What about the Holy Ghost? Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and, and again, just talking about the the stories of from people who I trust and so on. Like, I've I've got one ghost story that falls into that category mm. that I'm not going to share for all sorts of reasons, as opposed to a bunch of healing stories. Sure, so, yeah. like, weight of evidence Did, is not like, there for the ghosts. Is there a Christian theology of ghosts? Ah, uh, there are probably some. Yeah. Um, I think. Most of them would fall into some kind of sense of just demonic agents that okay, work yeah. that kind of so, thing. So ghosts uh, are always evil. They're never good ghosts. The it goes to kind of the concept of a soul and what happens to your soul when you die is kind of contested. But I, I think most most Christian theology and certainly um, what I subscribe to would be that. Your soul isn't just wandering around on Earth once you've died. Um, mm. That's that seems more of a kind of Scandinavian mythological sure. thing to me. Uh, and so on that, like, there's not there's not much theological underpinning for ghosts then. But to go back to the way that I've spoken about um, kind of demons and that kind of thing working before, I, I can absolutely see why it would be in the interests of some kind of malign spirit to make you think that there was a ghost. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Buddhists love ghosts. Oh, really? Yeah. Do, uh, do Buddhist ghosts have feet? Does have feet? I'm not, I, I don't know. I, so, because this is a tangent to the tangent. Okay, um, yeah. I, I was preaching at Easter last year. You'll be shocked to hear I preach at Easter. Um, and in the resurrection account, Connor, do you preach about Jesus? I I do. And oh. do you know what happened at Easter? There, there was a bunny. I don't know. You, you... No, raised from the dead. Oh, right. Raised yeah, from yeah, the yeah. dead. Jesus was a ghost. Um, <laughs> well, see, this is the thing, right? Like in um. In Matthew's Gospel, 
there um the account that he gives jesus appears to the women who were coming to the tomb to um anoint his body with the burial spices and whatever um and they grasp his feet and worship him which could just be hey look they're falling down and bowing down and worshiping him and whatever but some commentators look at the emphasis in that passage that matthew puts on the feet and that they're clinging to his feet and go well yeah because in the ancient near east ghosts did not have feet that was one of the defining features of ghosts. Cape ghost, no feet. Well, and like if I think of ghosts I've seen in popular culture, most of the time I, I don't imagine feet anyway. Mm. Mm. And in my little bit of research to verify what the commentators were saying, the only thing I found is some Indian ghosts have their feet on backwards and that's how you can okay. tell. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, Buddhists and ghosts. Buddhists and ghosts. Well, no, so the, the Buddhist concept of ghosts is, I guess, associated with the Buddhist concept of rebirth and the concept of like the soul yeah, okay. and whatever else, right? So broadly speaking in Buddhism there is no soul. Right, yeah. like there is a kind of the best way to describe it is a. Stream What's getting of, reincarnated then? The, the a stream of consciousness is kind of the best way to describe oh, okay, it. Right. right, so it's not so it's much. Fair that enough. The whole idea of a soul is so contested. We right. can run with yeah, stream yeah. of consciousness. Yeah. yeah, but like, so it's 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 not so much that there is like well, again, pure Buddhist theology. There is no I. Right, there's no yep. ego. So Jamal yep. is never an entity, and so when the body I mean dies, it's not like oh me as Jamal has some kind of identifying soul that's then going to go on and mm-hmm. inhabit a different body. I'm going to be called Susan. And then, you know, I'm I'm going to be Jamal in Susan's. Like, I'll be looking out yeah, for Susan. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. It's like none of that, right? So um, broadly speaking, though, that, yeah, Buddhists, um, you know, there's no soul. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but when you die, there is a level at which, like, you know, your mind is more than your body, right? It's 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 not it's not a purely kind of you know monist kind of approach to things where when your body dies, then everything else dies. Your mind and your kind of consciousness is more than your body, and so see that's interesting because in Christianity, when you're dead, you're dead. Yeah, right. Interesting. Yeah, it's I, like the whole the whole shebang. Yeah, right. you're done. Yeah, sorry, yeah. go on. But yeah, so the um, so your mind is there, and you know, essentially what happens is like you know based on what happens when you die, the moment of your death, what you're thinking about, based on your kind of accumulated karma throughout this life and all the previous lives, your mind, your your consciousness kind of gets like pushed in a certain direction mm-hmm. and it's kind of like going off and doing something. And it essentially goes and searches for a rebirth. It go, your, your consciousness kind of exits the body and then it's kind of out in the in, So it's, it's a ether. little bit like the Norse wandering soul. A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and But, you know, often what happens is, you know, very quickly – you know, without a body, the consciousness kind of loses the memories and attachments associated with that body, and then it just goes off into a different body of some kind. Yep. Um, or the, the consciousness is kind of like, you know, picked up and put into a different body of some kind, and then uh, it starts its life you know, being reborn in, in that body, right? Whether yep. it's a human body or an animal body or a plant or whatever. Or, or whatever, you know, yep. hell or whatever. And so kind of in that interim period is kind of where ghosts live. Yeah. Right. So, like, there's a sense at which you know your uh, your consciousness has, still has a period of time where it's not attached to another body, right? Yeah. Where it's not like stuck in another body. I'm kind of imagining like a strand of DNA just floating. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. And and I, I, if you want to think about this purely scientifically, this also makes sense, right? Because like, if we say we're just atoms and we're just the makeup of bodies, well, when my body disintegrates and dies, those atoms take some time to then go into whatever other places, you know, that they become the worm and become the tree or whatever else, you know, that the mm. atoms d- yes, disperse. It takes some time for that transition to happen. 
Uh, I think there's like a traditional number, but again, we're getting deep into cultural doctrine here that, you know, is just, you know, really based around whether Thai people believe in ghosts or not. Um, but like the, um, what says to happen though, that yeah, is you have this period of time and depending on your karma and your attachments, yeah. your consciousness might linger before going into getting another rebirth because it's really particularly attached to something. So, you know, I'm really attached to my partner and I die and I want to kind of, you know, I still really want to be with my partner. So I'm just going to linger around because I'm so attached mm-hmm. to my partner. At that risk I'm, of being reincarnated as a nearby snail or something like that. Yeah. I, I, again, like it, I, I don't think it particularly okay. pushes you in terms of okay. the you know, location kind of thing, but yeah, but essentially this, this I'm just thinking like kind of attachment means yeah, like that's yeah, a sure. kind of bad thing, right? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, Buddhism is pretty flexible. <laughs> <laughs> What, 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 what religion once do you want that doesn't give you some kind of, oh, it's all going to be all right in the end? Once you're a human, it's very hard to stop being a human. Um, but like, really? You, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like um, there's, a, there's a weird thing around like um, it's, it's like super hard to become a human, but it's really like, you know, it's I, I guess because you have human attachments and you want human things, yeah. it's hard to then stop being a human once you are one. Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so essentially the ghost realm or the the, the place where ghosts is, the, the ghosts inhabit this world is often around, you know, your past relatives or people who, you know, died and then are still attached to a thing. So therefore linger. So there's a level of malice in it in that, you know, if you have that level of attachment, that's not a great thing in Buddhism. Mm-hmm. But like no one's kind of like, I mean, maybe you're getting haunted by a ghost if someone really hated you and they're super attached to their hate and they're really just sticking around to just bother you about it. But, you know, yeah, it's it's interesting. There's a, there is a really big, um, really big acceptance of ghosts, particularly in Thai Buddhism, actually. See, that's interesting because I would have kind of chalked up positive experiences of ghosts broadly as yeah, essentially wishful thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of up there with the, oh, so-and-so is looking down on us or yeah, yeah. whatever kind of stuff. So I, I would have my, – my response with that to – I'll start that again. My response to that would be, yeah, that's like that's a kind of mental phenomenon. Mm, um, yeah. And look yeah. – and, 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 yeah, again, but, yeah, it, it might be. How different to a placebo effect. Is right, that, exactly. Really? Right, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, at least in the Buddhist doctrine, there is an explanation for it, right? And there's an, that idea that it is associated with the person who has died – and their kind of attachments as opposed to my desire to, you know, see, sure. see my mum one more time. It, but it, it's nice that my mum was attached to me, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, um, yeah, I, 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 I the, the miracles thing is interesting. I, I, I was going to end the podcast there, but I, ha- I have, I have another thought on miracles. Yeah, go for it. And I, I don't know. I, I wonder why do you think it is, though, that I, I think particularly in Christian theology, like, is it just the existence of an all-powerful God that does this? But, like, it feels to me like miracles are much, much more Christian than any other religion, even any other Abrahamic religion. Like, Interesting. It, it feels particularly Christian to me to have this concept of miracles and really caught up in the kind of the, the Christian God. That's really interesting because I don't know that I would have said that. I don't know that I've ever thought that deeply of kind well, of and how how much of a focus is there on miracles in Islam. So. Well, I, and look, and I, I don't know anyone near yeah. as much about Islam as I know about Christianity. But just to, as a counterpoint, right? 
I, you know, I have family in Malaysia. Malaysia mm-hmm. is a Muslim country, right? Now, my family is Chinese. They're not Islamic, so I don't know all of the inner workings of Islamic households and everything else. But I spent a fair bit of time in Malaysia. And I have never once in Malaysia, when speaking to Malay Muslim people, when watching Malaysian television, when, you know, like, you know any of those things, I've never once heard reference to a miracle. Wow. Yeah, okay. Now, I'm sure that there is a concept of miracles in Islam but it just feels particularly culturally christian. Yeah, that's that's really interesting and I'm going to I'm going to say what you might expect is I reckon it's got something to do with Jesus. Okay. Like as as in as in like the miraculousness of Jesus as opposed to like uh the the prophet who, you know, who was a bit more kind of, you know, yeah, holy, but wasn't it wasn't so much like didn't rise from the dead. It wasn't claimed to have risen from the dead. Or yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I think I think there's two things here. Like one is that like all historians, kind of whether they're Christian or not, would essentially agree that Jesus was famous in his day for being a healer, mm. um, partic- particularly healer, miracle worker, kind of more broadly, mm-hmm. snake girl um, salesman. Well, yeah, like this is this is one of those skeptical, not skeptical sure, things, yeah. right? Like about people going around to claiming to be modern healings, and it's interesting. So, um, in church at the moment, we're reading through Mark's gospel between now and Easter, and Mark's really big on the story. And Jesus went here and did that, and he healed this person, and he did that, and he said not to tell anyone, and blah blah blah. Um, but one of the things you notice as you read through Mark's gospel is that like Jesus is healing a whole bunch of people, but for him and for Mark telling the story, that's that that's not the main thing. Yeah. It's like uh you know, he he sees someone and he has compassion on them, so he heals them kinda cause he can. Mm. But that's not the thing that he's actually here to do and, and it's almost um a bit frustrating for him to mm. be to be regarded as a, a healer. Right. Um, so there's something in the person of Jesus where that was much more of their Yeah, and, and yeah, and I guess the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was you know, he was a he was a chief he was a political yeah. leader he was a you know yeah it, it, it's not the same kind of uh role that he played in society right uh, absolutely and like you know whatever kind of whatever you want to look at from an academic historical studies perspective about the historical jesus if you can agree about nothing else you can agree that everyone thought he was a healer yeah right. that, that was a that was a big thing yeah um so you've got that in terms of the historical bedrock of christianity but also related to that is something that it tells us about God, right? That God is active and engaged in the world and also that God is compassionate mm. um, because that's all of the things we see in God as revealed in Jesus. Mm. And so when your understanding is that God is active in the world and not distant, mm. that God is compassionate and not malicious and like it kind of, it follows that if God has the power to heal, and then God like will do that. Mm. Now, not always, and this is one of the again, it's one of the things with Jesus, right? He's one bloke mm. at the time, you know, wandering around Palestine, and so you know, if you're, I don't know, two hours drive away in today's like that's what three days walk or whatever yeah that's like a, good luck getting to jesus right yeah, like yeah. so jesus doesn't even heal everybody mm. in israel at that time and one of the things that i find fascinating reflecting on it now is like 
everybody who Jesus healed died at some point. Mm. Like if if they're still around, I think we would know about it. Mm. Um, so the f- the physical healing that Jesus brings in that sense is not like it's it's not like God just stops people from dying. Except spoiler alert, ultimately, like that that's what mm. it's pointing to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I imagine if if it is a stronger thing in Christianity mm. than in Judaism or Islam, I suspect it's got a lot to do with how we understand God through Jesus. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that does remind me of the time a Christian or Buddhist walked into a bar, uh, and they they walked into the bar and they found the Dalai Lama in the bar. Wonderful. Yeah, and Dalai Lama was in the bar, and the Dalai Lama was in the bar. Does and- His Holiness drink? No, Surely not. No, yeah. no, no, no. He's sitting around. Um, but, you know, the Dalai Lama was in the bar and, you know, um, hands were kind of covered in dirt. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I walked up to the Dalai Lama and said, why are your hands covered in dirt? And he's like, oh, I had to do my own gardening. I, had to, I fired my gardener oh. the other day. I was like, oh, okay. Like, sure. sure. Like, well, what's the story here? Why would you fire your gardener? Why are you doing your own gardening? And the Dalai Lama was like, oh, look, my, my gardener was great, right? He was brilliant, brilliant gardener. Um, had a master's degree in carnations. Right, but just just didn't dig reincarnations. Yep, <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> uh, um, look, and if you want to reincarnate into a next life, uh, so you don't have to hear those jokes, um, I would advise not writing into Christian Buddhist Bar at gmail dot com. <laughs> I was going to say reincarnation not guaranteed. Actual beliefs may vary. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Um, but if you if you do want to um, give your friends a good reincarnation and rebirth and a miracle, you could send them this podcast and they will say, thank you so much for this miracle of this podcast. Or oh, they'll find more things to pray about. I, either way, we pray about the jokes. We pray for Kevin McLeod. He's a miracle. And we thank him for his miraculous music. Yeah. Uh, well, appreciate you being here, everybody. We will see you next week. 